Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Well, normally, Ian and I, we're a couple of grumpy old gits moaning about everything, particularly on this show. But uh, how nice to actually have a subject, a story, where I don't think we're going to moan once, do you? Um, other than it's, it should be twice as long. Um, no, I, I think this is a, a sort of a bona fide classic, isn't it? I think... It's banded about a fair bit, or used to be. It's not so much now, is it? But it used to be like in fanzines and that they would go this, you know, these classic stories and whatever. But I, I sort of think this one probably does deserve that title. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think we're going to have a lot to moan about, but we might gush a bit. Yes. We haven't gushed in a while, have we? Really? <laughs> we're too old to gush. Too old. Yeah, we're, we're just dried up husks. There's nothing left in us, um, but no, I think I think I think this one will test us the other way. In how many times can you say that was rather good? Yes, and 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 it's rather good, you, you know, born out of negativity because of course, yes. yeah, like you just said before uh, I press record, you know, this is a bland tale. Yeah, this is by definition a bland story. Um, yeah, I, I suppose for for anyone, I mean, I imagine all of our listeners are aware, but yeah, this was a um, a Terence Dick story that he wrote, uh, and it was markedly different from this, and uh, it was uh, rewritten by Robert Holmes. Uh, Terence Dick wasn't overly impressed that this had been done, but he's a professional writer, so it was like, yeah. Uh, and uh, but he said, I want you to put a bland pseudonym on it because he he thought that the the change that was made had ruined the central idea. And do you know what? I think he sort of got a point. I think he sort of got a point. But I think that the 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 way that Philip Maddock plays uh, Solon in this, you can sort of you can go with this central mad because the, the story doesn't work when you think about it no but you sort of buy it at no point while watching it do you you do you sort of consider it until afterwards and you go hang on (laughs) why 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 didn't he just use the time lord body and put the brain in that i want to see a director's cut of this where solon wins and we see that monster wandering about at the back at the end with tom baker's head on its shoulders (laughs) can you imagine that because at one point the doctor sort of says you won't be taken seriously as a galactic warlord. Can you imagine if it was that body with Tom Baker's curly head on top? Or just his curly hair on top of yeah. the, uh, on top on the, of the fishbowl. Yeah, yeah, that would have been good. But no, it it sort of... I think um, Terence Dix sort of um, appreciated the story more in later years, didn't he? But for a while, yeah, he didn't. 
he was not happy. It, no. it was all to do, wasn't it, that, that his original script, Solon was a robot, yes. servant of uh, Morbius, and I think it was Graham Hinchcliffe who said, we can't realistically depict yeah, can a you robot. Well, you know exactly what it'd be. It'd be the robot from Volcano, yeah. wouldn't it? It would have been that, a guy in a silver disco suit um, doing this surgery now. And it, we would have been robbed of one of the best performances in classic Who. Mm. Um, but but it, does, it, it does sort of push credulity to the limit that this top-notch surgeon would go to all the effort of using this horrible body rather than just, you know, scoop out the doctor's brain and pop Morbius's rather large brain in, into that skull. Yeah. And wasn't it also they, they, they made this decision when Terence Dix had gone on holiday and he yes. hadn't left a phone yeah. number because he didn't want to be disturbed, so they couldn't actually tell him exactly, where yes. we've had to make changes. It wasn't until he come back that it, it, it was done and dusted, wasn't it? Yeah, because it, wa it wasn't that they wanted to make changes because they thought it didn't work or it was rubbish. It was like you say, they, they just couldn't... There's no way they would have do, done a robot like that convincingly. Um, and sort of the central conceit of... You know the the robot not really understanding what a, a human would look like or why it would value it. If they'd have just had a man pretending to be a robot, it just wouldn't have worked. But yeah, Terence Sticks was on holiday because normally he would have they'd have just called him up and he would have rewritten it yeah. in some other genius way. But yeah, it it was rewritten, and um, I sort of understand Terence Sticks getting a bit annoyed at that in one respect. Because, you know, it's not like he was a new writer, new to the programme. No. You know, he one of the longest-running writers, script editor, you know, done some classic stuff. But I'm, I'm glad I'm glad they sort of, they made up and he buried the hatchet and he accepted it. Because it is, you know, other than that one thing, it's a, it's a genius story. Mm. Um, it is, it has to be said, it, certain elements of it are reused elements from... Certainly, you know, the stage play. Uh, oh, I don't know about this. Oh, you have to tell us about that when we, yeah, well, so, when we reach those bits. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. Quite a few. Re I get a feeling this might have been one of Terence, uh, one of Terence Dix's sort of quickie. You know, we need a story quick. Or bash it out quick. Yeah, and he's bashed it out, yeah, which he could do. And, and even the stuff he, uh, he wrote quickly was better than most people's spending three years thinking about it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's quite a few elements that were from the uh, stage play Seven Keys to I've forgotten the name of it now. Seven Marinus? Keys to Doomsday. No, Doomsday, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, Doomsday. Seven Keys to Doomsday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, a troubled childhood, but what a beautiful creature this grew into. All right, let's crack on and. Chop Suey, the Galactic Emperor! You will be the first to die! Brain getting a little overheated, is it? Careful, not as strong as it was. My brain functions perfectly! Doubt it, Morbius! All that time in the tank, it's gone soft. Do you dare put it to the test? What test? We have all the apparatus here. I challenge you to a mind-bending contest. I am a Time Lord of the first rank! What are you? Oh, nothing, nothing. A mere nobody, but I don't think you're in the first rank anymore. Very well, Doctor. 
If that is how you want to die, I accept your challenge. There's a sporting gentleman. What's mine, Bending? Time Lord Wrestling. It's usually a game, but it can end in death lock. Little will, Doctor. I'm Morbius. Do not play games. Neither do I. Are you ready? On guard, Morbius. No, that's the oh, right. really weird yeah. thing. That's strange. I wonder if you, you must have watched it. Oh, I would I have, but I have no memory of, yeah. you know, sat down on a Saturday tea time and watching it. No memory whatsoever. Yeah, I, yeah I, I remember this clearly because there was a, um, it was shown and then, I, I'm thinking a short time later, but it was probably like six, eight months. There was a compilation version um, shown as a repeat. So it was like back then getting to watch a story twice. Oh my God, you just can't imagine it. But yeah, I, I remember this one clearly from my childhood. And I, and I had a bit of a crush on uh, Ohika. Oh, back when I was a little. She with the gold nose. Scary. Yes, yeah. And it was the eyes, the flames around the eyes. It was something rather alluring. Massive eyes she's got. Um, but I remember the monster. I remember uh, Solon. I remember the script. And then when it came out on video, because it was, I think this was the. I want to say second, or it might have been the third ever Doctor Who release. Um, so looking forward to it. And they released the uh, cut down to an hour version, the repeat version. No. And it was like 34 quid. And it was like, well, hang on, this, this seems very disjointed. How long is this? 60 minutes? Yeah, <laughs> it, it was uh, a bit of a swizz. Good old Beeb. Yeah, thank you, Beeb. All right, let's go. I mean, you you, you said there, you know, uh, reused elements. Well, the very first thing we see is a reused element, which yes, is a yeah. mutt. A mutt, yeah. It's nice to see the mutt. I think we liked the mutt, didn't we? I, yeah. I think so. I think it came quite high. Um, and it's making pitiful noises. It, it's crashed its little, very small escape pod. Um, and it's, it's stumbling about. And then... Um, Again, very dark this series. We see, we meet one of our sort of uh, cast members, Kondo, mm. um, on a really good set. It's very, I mean, this is a studio-bound story. There's no location filming for this one, um, but the the set for um, Khan is really good. Yeah, you know, even it's not convincing. You don't for one moment think it's outside, but it's a really nice set. Um, and then, yeah, Kondo. Uh, I remember at the time I had a bit of a thing. I I always wanted to grow up and have a hook hand. 
Yeah, I d- remember. You remember like the old Claw dolls. Yeah, do you remember Claw Carver from? Oh yeah, Flesh. from Flesh. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I wanted a hook hand. It'd be useless. <laughs> I couldn't do anything with it. Um, yeah, so I really like Con though. It's like, oh god, it's it's got a hook hand. Uh, and then he um, he kills the mutt, and it's it's what it sounds like, isn't it? It's the, li- the poor little mutt makes this horrible mewling sound when he kills it. Do you um, know what that horrible? Um, um, you know, uh, unfortunate creature is called in the script. He actually had a name. Oh no, this I didn't know. I just thought he was a mutt. Chris. Chris. Yeah. K R I Z. Chris. Oh, Chris. Wasn't that a 2000 AD? Skiz. I'm thinking. No, that's Skiz. Skiz. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the script, he's Chris, an insect-like mutt. Um, and later on, the Doctor calls it a mutt, doesn't a he? Mutt, so, yeah. so, so there is. You know, a connection between this and oh, yeah, the mutants, isn't there? It, I don't know whether it. I, I'm presuming, yeah. You know, if, if it says it was a, but it doesn't say it was a mutt in the script then. So I'm presuming. Yeah, no, it does say it in the does script. Say it's a mutt. Oh, an right. insect-like mutt. Ah, right. Okay. Because I was wondering if perhaps they put that in. Someone said, "Well, people will not remember this." And I went, "Oh, just give Tom Baker a line." Um, but yeah, this is this is a mutt, yeah. which is weird because in that story they were like a a mid form. For the Salonians, weren't yes, they? Yeah. they were. It wasn't a final sort of creature. Yeah, but what's yeah. crucial in this is both stories were directed by Christopher Barry. Ah, right. Okay, that, that sort of makes a bit of sense then. Yeah, I love how in the script, the script um, describes Chris, um, drags himself out of his spaceship, and inspects the uh, um, you know the engine area yeah. to see the damage. All we get here is this like little glass dome in the background yeah the, the ship is not very convincing um and yeah all we get is is chris 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 Tarrant. he's um he's got like an oxygen cylinder uh and like a lot of um a lot of uh creatures when it's not a you know not a humanoid they they give him these like hands and fingers that they couldn't possibly operate anything with how can he operate a spaceship yeah he can't even hold that bottle yeah yeah it's like when when you've designed a a, an oxygen cylinder to fit your hands yeah (laughs) Um, next up we have yeah with the introduction of the wonderful Ah. solon yes Um, dr mahendri solon played yes with such style i am always um really surprised every time i watch brain and morbius just how funny the script is yeah because yeah. a lot of the time and especially philip maddock here he plays it completely straight but yeah. some of the lines he says are well, it, it, it's like a naked gun film or something yeah well that's that's the beauty of that a funny script should be played straight and that's where people go wrong and we often hear directors and i say that in it is that they come in saw the script had jokes in it so ham it up and he's he's playing it exactly as a good actor would. He's playing it totally straight, and that's what makes it absolutely gut-bustingly funny in some of the lines. Um, but he's great, and I I watching it, and I wouldn't have thought of this before. But we've just covered Space Nineteen Ninety Nine in our Jerry Anderson podcast. Isn't he like Simmons to look at? He is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, I wonder if this is the same wig. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, but yeah, we meet him, uh, and uh, he's just straight off the bat. He is just brilliant, isn't he? He's he is brilliant, brilliant, but he's horrible to semicolon, yeah. isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's got he's got contempt for anyone that he thinks is 
less intelligent than himself, which is everybody in the universe. Because yeah. <laughs> he's, he's really, he's got no respect for Morbius as well, has he? Morbius is just a means to an end. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, he absolutely, he thinks Kondo is just worthless, less than a dog. Oh, he's horrible yeah, to him. he is nasty to him. Because Kondo is quite, although he's a horrible, he's gonna, he kills things, he kills people, he's played as a, a sort of a, a childlike Hulk. Yeah. Um, I like Kondo, yeah, he's, I, I always feel sorry when, because uh, it's like, it's not so much a battle of wits between the two of them, is it? Because Solon is just leagues above him, Yeah. Uh, sort of intelligence-wise, and yeah, it just runs rings around him. Um, we get, I think, there's a, there's a couple of shots in this story that I think, had they had time to re-film, they probably would have done, and this is one of them, so... Uh, uh, Kondo says that I've got a head and he goes, an oxygen breather, and he goes, yeah, 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 and it's not. Um, and unfortunately, when Philip Maddock unwraps it, it's upside down, so you can see immediately yeah. that it's a block of polystyrene in yeah. there. Uh, and he immediately quickly turns it around, and I thought, oh, it'd be nice if they'd have done it, because presumably he was meant to unwrap it and see the face. Yeah. <laughs> and it would have been quite scary, rather than this block of purple polystyrene. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's really good. And I love the fact that Solon, he's, he's absolutely uh, beside himself with anger that this is this useless head. But then he starts looking at it and he goes, well, the ganglion might do that. It's real class. I mean, he's such a, such a scientist at heart. Yeah, yeah. Outside, the TARDIS yes. has arrived and the Doctor's all yeah. angry because he thinks the Time Lords are interfering and sending him there. And I, I adore the chemistry between yes. the Doctor and Sarah in this story. It's wonderful. It's effortless and wonderful. I, to me, this is the pinnacle of Tom Baker. So this is, his, I think, his best outfit. I love this outfit. Um, he's with Sarah. Um, the chemistry is just superb. You get the feeling these are old friends. Um, and again, this is a perfect story where Tom is hes not silly. He's, he's often not serious, but he's not descended into that no. sort of weird surreal campness that he gets in later stories so he, i think him and sarah are both at the pinnacle of their game and i wonder is this because they've got philip maddock in the cast it might be it yeah, might well be because i think tom baker has said before any that depending on or it might be john Pertwee, depending on the which guest cast they had it elevated everyone's performance or it ruined everyone's performance if it wasn't a good actor yeah and i yeah, got a yeah. feeling this is you know, Philip Maddock has come on board and they're, they're going, we've got to be good here. We're going to get shown yeah. up otherwise. You can visibly see Tom Baker is really enjoying himself. Oh, loving it, yeah. You can see that he's... He's putting proper effort yeah. in, isn't he? He is, yeah. And and later on, there was a few stories where he didn't, you know, but this one, he's firing on all cylinders. He's enthused by it. Um, Sarah's firing on all cylinders. The guests are firing on all cylinders. Oh, it's a treat. It, very nicely put. Um, you say about oh, I wish they could have done another uh, take. Um, one I'll, I'll, I'll put up for that is uh, when Sarah sees the uh, spaceship graveyard. Yes. Y y y it, it would be nice to have seen it better, better lit, and better detailed. Well, it, it's weird, isn't it? In that <coughs> it's it's an on-set effect. So those broken spaceships are actually there just in at the back of the studio yeah. um this is where it 
had the budget been bigger, it would have been nice to have like a matte shot yeah. or, you know, a cut to a miniature that was much more detailed. But yeah, she goes, there, there must be a dozen uh, wrecked spaceships and the lightning flashes and you get a clear look and it's like, no, there's there's a collection of old junk that you found in the BBC canteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ships don't convince. No, no. I, 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 you say about that much ganglia. I love the uh, the um, Solon's got it stuck on a stick. Yeah, and, yeah. And the eyes are moving. You know. Yeah. I do like the fact that he, he uses the electric, and it, you can hear the servos clunking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this mutt really had arthritis, didn't it? The it's very early radio control they were yes, using exactly, for that. Yes, you know? yeah. And I adore his laboratory. I mean, this yes. is Frankenstein, isn't it? And you and I are it big is, yeah. Frankenstein fans. We're, we're uh, big Universal fans. Frankenstein fans, yeah. Hammer fans. And this is pure classic monster. Yeah, the, the laboratory set is wonderful. In fact, all the, all the sets are uh, fairly good, but the, the, in, the inside of... Morbius's, uh, I don't know what you call it, castle, I suppose you've got to call it. Yeah, they do um, call it a castle in the script. Yeah. It, um, it's just amazing. It's gothic. It's, oh, it's so much... During this period, they they really had good set dresses as well. Mm -hmm. You know, because um, you, you, you look at some stories and, you know, I, I'm thinking of things like The Twin Dilemma, where the only things on the sets are, are what's needed for the scene. Mm. You get no feeling that this has been lived in or that this is real. This one, you get, the, you, you really get the feeling that um, Solon's been tootling about here for years. Yeah, yeah. You know? on, on, on one of the DVD extras, the uh, it's bad, I've forgotten the gentleman's name, but the, the guy who was the set dresser and the designer for this story he took it that, you know, um, Khan is like the opposite of Earth. So if yeah. you look inside the castle, the buttresses are on the inside rather than yeah. the outside. None Which of the windows. Clever, yeah. yeah, none of the windows are rectangles. They have all these strange angled things, you know. Yeah, it, it very much reminds me of um, the, the, the Frankenstein castle from Son of Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when the the designer had basically based it on like um, expressionist German yeah. cinema, and it's yeah, it's it's really really well done. Um, All it needs is a sulphur pit. Yeah, I bet there is one somewhere. That's that's that what Morbius needed to fall into. Oh, that wouldn't end. that have been great? Yeah, if oh. see now you're thinking, I'm thinking you, we could improve this. Yeah, yeah, instead of falling off the mountain, if they'd have uh, cornered him into the castle, into the sulphur pit that. That you've set up earlier, yeah. You know, and somebody swings down on a chain and knocks him in. Ah, oh, can you imagine Tom would have loved doing that, <laughs> wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, um, next, we've got Marin and yes, her, we meet and the her witches. Yeah. All at, at the beginning of this, two things spring to mind. One is this is very Gola from uh, Blake Seven. Yeah. You know, down in the tents. Um, but the other thing, and it's seared on my mind that this scene when you first see them. Do you remember there was that, um, it was a video, um, a Tom Baker video. Um, do you remember they had, they produced these videos where, you know, they sat an actor down and they watched clips from their different... Oh, shows. yeah, yeah, the Tom Baker years. Yeah. That's it, that's it. And uh, and, and I, I remember him just uh, um, saying, when you see the, uh, uh, the, the, the sisters there, crumpet, he goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, whenever everybody... I see the witches, yeah. I go crumpet. <laughs> I think I think Tom had a bit a bit of a crush on um, Ohika as well, didn't he? Yeah. I think the actress. Uh, I think he was quite enamoured with her. Um, I I love the sisterhood because they're putting so much effort in their movement, their way of speaking. They're not just extras in diaphanous gowns. They're really like the way they move is very jerky and they're very expressive with their hands and yeah, I, I really like uh, I like this. Of course, so thing, things that were taken from the Terence Dick stage play, of course, the the Sisterhood, Khan, um, the there was uh, there was creatures called Crawlan it's tarantula but we crawl in for claw. Chlorantulas, and and that they've got the same big claws that the Morbius creature has. So lots and lots of these elements were taken from the stage play. Again, Terence, like, you know, how many people saw that stage play? A hundred tops, probably. Yeah. They're not going to be watching at home, probably. You can reuse these things. Um, so yeah, uh, same Douglas Adams mentality later on. Yeah. But yeah, lot, lots of. Uh, Lots of little bits and bobs that were reused. Um, I suppose we should mention as well uh, when in the early scene when Tom and Sarah appeared, the doctor rather wonderfully mentions that he grew up around here. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, classic Tom line. Um, but yeah, the sisterhood they're they're already sort of setting up the mystery, aren't they? Of they they seem to know that it's a TARDIS. They know that the doctor's a time lord, and it's like ooh, because up to this point. We hadn't really heard much about the Time Lords. It's not like now where everyone no. knows the Time Lords and you know everyone knows the Doctor. It, it was really unusual for someone to say, to recognise the Doctor as a Time Lord and the, the police box as a TARDIS. It's like, oh my goodness, mm. what, what's going on here? Uh, the other thing I think is, do you think these the Sisterhood here, this is what they wanted the Clone Masters to be in Blake 7? Because it's like compare, oh, compare yeah. and contrast. One works, one doesn't. But very similar idea of these sort of very spectral ladies in diaphanous gowns, you know, yeah. plonking about on the planet. And and yet one was sort of high camp, and this one is really good. Yeah, something. I, I it's got to be a massive coincidence. I can't believe the makers of uh, the Star Wars Clone Wars animated series. Yeah ever saw Brain of Morbius, but in that you oh, have a planet, well maybe, but you have a planet of witches, oh. and um, yeah, you have witchcraft in Star Wars, and they are all female, and they are all in red, you know? Because oh, right. I mean, this, this sort of sci-fi witch clan, I mean, you've got the Benny Gesserit from June, um, so yeah, I think it's a thing, but I, I wouldn't put it past it, because remember, this era of Tom Baker was absolutely strip showed in the US. Yeah. This is the this is the, the seasons that made introduced Stop Two to America and was massive. This way, uh, most American fans of a certain age, Tom Baker is their doctor. Yeah, that's all they know. Was, yeah, yeah, it's all, all they knew. So I wouldn't put it past it that you know the writers have seen it. Yeah, I mean it's not like it's not like Lucasfilm to steal someone else's idea. So it might not be. Yeah, yeah. Can you keep the side? <laughs> Indeed. Right. Now we have, in quick succession, absolute classic moments and classic lines. We'll start oh, off with yeah. Solon's, 
you've been looking for that arm again, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, so matter of fact. Yeah, oh, come down. You've been looking for that arm again, haven't you? <laughs> Play oh, completely yeah. straight. Play, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, as if he's saying, you know, get me a cup of tea or something. Yeah, it's absolutely straight. Um, I love, I don't know whether it was an ad lib or whatever, but I love when he opens the door uh, and, and Tom's line. Um, have you got a glass it? of water? Yeah, have you got a glass of water? It's just brilliant. Um, and then I love, yeah, again, totally straight when Solon goes, what a magnificent head. Superb head. It's <laughs> <Yes>, brilliant. <laughs> and I adore the next bit. I mean, I have such a smile on my face. You know, the doctor says, thank you very much. I've had several. Yeah. My last one was a grey one. Some people liked it. And it's Sarah's. Yeah. I yeah. did. You know. Yeah. Oh, so, it's so wonderful. It's so sort of wistful and sad. And it's like, oh, God, yeah, she loved Pertwee's Doctor. This is amazing. Yeah, really good. Again, I don't know whether it was in script. Oh, it's, it's just wonderful. You know, it's just beautiful. This whole sequence could be studied as like you would study. This is Doctor Who. This is how you make yeah. bloody Doctor Who. Yes. You know? Yeah, modern Who. Not all this um, fam bollocks, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, hang on, we're, we're turning to grumpy old men. Let's yeah, stay, no, no, on, let's, let's, stay on target. Stay, stay positive. <laughs> stay on target. Um, and I love that, yeah, the Doctor, there's, there's lovely sort of banter and um, we get what we don't really get in Doctor is like a little, they're just having tea and drinks. Mm. And um, and I love that Morbia, uh, that uh, Solon goes, uh, oh, I haven't been to Earth in years. What? Tell me, what's it like? What? And the Doctor see, go, sees uh, the uh, Morbius head and goes over to it. And it's like, everything about this is heads, isn't it? They, yeah. There's just, you know, they've cut off the head, the head. It's really building it up. And I love that he recognises... Morbius from that uh, that sculpture. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if it was based on anyone. No, and and all the depictions of Morbius are all yeah. based on that sculpture. They've just extrapolated and put hair on it, haven't they? Um, whenever yeah. you see images of what Morbius looked like. Yeah, they just yeah plonk a wig on the on the sculpture. Um, but of course, uh, Solon has poisoned the wine. Yeah. Um, so that they, they become un uh, unconscious. I love the fact that Sarah hasn't been drinking it. I wonder why. Does she just... Why does she tip that yeah, away? I don't know. Because I don't know. Have we ever had a mention before that she's like a teetotaler or something? I don't perhaps know. She just did. It looked like antifreeze, so perhaps she was being sensible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the doctor glugs it and, and knocks himself out, and then Sarah pretends to. Um, but then we get another scene with the sisterhood. Again, and dialogue is this is how you write dialogue, isn't it? Where where they're talking about the um, the ships, they can detect a ship from you know five hundred light years away. Mm. Even the, the like the the um, airships of the Houthi mm. and the the Dravidian, and it's just brilliant. It's like ah, oh, this is dialogue. This is sparkling. Yeah. <coughs> Though, <coughs> excuse me, the sisters when they are um, you know. Doing that hand acting. Yes, thing. I love that. Jittery, you know? jittery hand acting. Did you see they couldn't afford to employ dancers, so they just employed one dancer oh, right. who showed so, them how to yeah. do it, and, and then you just had extras um, copy it. See, there's uh, no expense uh, considered with the BBC. Yeah. Another Blake 7 connection. This whole chanting that they do, this whispery, you know, yes. chanting, sacred flame. It always reminds me of... The, from Blake Seven, you know, uh, on um, uh, the web, 
that they must come to us. They yeah, that's true. Yeah. Come to it's all very whispery whispery chanting yeah. yes yeah. yeah i do like it they they steal the tardis um in a, a simple but really nice effect overlaid clouds it's like well that works okay yeah um and then they also steal the the doctor the doctor's unconscious body um and weirdly we're coming towards the end of episode one and i after watching this in one going and doing the notes that for all three episode endings are sarah bundling into something yeah yeah she bumbles into Morbius's yeah. new body. Yeah, who's just laying on a bed. Yeah, I I love this because this is this is what I I think a, re- a, a a classic cliffhanger in the truest sense of the the old cliffhanger s- serials used to be because the episode ends with this monster sitting up menacing Sarah and then the next episode begins it just lays down again. Lays down and Sarah yeah. hides because Sarah yeah. comes in. Yeah, Sarah sort of shrugs her shoulders and then hides. Um, What's good about this story as well, something that, that we don't often mention in a happy way, is whoever was doing the lighting, this is so perfectly lit. Mm. The room's dark, there's spotlights, there's flickering candles. You imagine this story if it was done like Warriors of the Deep, oh. just blanket floodlighting. That Morbius body would look terrible. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, the, it, this is cleverly done stuff. Um, again, Hinchcliffe and... Uh, Robert Holmes, this is the golden age, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't get much better. Um, the Doctor meets Marin, and again, you can see Tom Baker's really enjoying it. You know, the, the dialogue between yeah. those two is fantastic. Yeah, it, 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 it's great. I mean, we um, we talked saying about great dialogue. When um, Solon realises that the sister heard have taken the, uh, the Doctor... Um, his dialogue, so I wrote down a few bits, and this is in one one sort of sequence that he's talking. So he, he calls uh, he calls Kondo a chicken-brained biological disaster. <laughs> he calls the sisterhood a squalid brood of harpies. And he calls uh, Marin a pulsed harridan. It's <laughs> just, just sparkling. Don't you wish you could insult people like that? Oh, he's terrific, old Solon. He's brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but Tom, yeah, Tom's good. Like, I love the fact. And again, is it an ad lib where he, he says, "I had a little drink about an hour ago." Yeah, you know, the famous <laughs> song. Right but he says it epic. perfectly straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is around the time Jaws was out. Isn't yes, it? yeah. Which, of course, the famous, you know, the famous sequence of uh, them singing. Show, Show me, me the way, way to go, go home. home. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the bit when you know they're going to execute the doctor because yes. they think the doctor's come to steal the elixir. Yeah. They don't trust the time lords. No. He's a time lord, therefore they don't trust the exactly. doctor. Exactly. Yeah. Solon comes in, and you know they're all like death, death, death. The way they're saying that reminds me of something else, which is um, Monty Python's Life of Brian. You know, yeah. at the stone yeah. in where John yeah. Cleese has to go. Are there any women here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Um, I love in this sequence as well because they they say they're, they're having a lovely conversation with him and basically Tom Baker was saying, you know we're gonna, you know you're gonna die at sunup and then um, uh, Ohika goes, Madam the sun is up. It's like that's not the sun. That's an arc lamp. <laughs> what the hell? You can see the the housing. It's like oh dear. Yes, oh dear. Yeah. I, I love as well. Solon says, oh if, if you're gonna yeah. kill him, kill him. But can I have his head? Yeah, because it. <laughs> I love this as well, because Salon comes in, and you're with the Doctor, is it? He's going, you can't kill him, you can't... And the Doctor's like, oh, 
excellent. I, he, this is he's actually a nice person. I've misjudged him. And he goes, oh, if you do kill him, let me have the head. And Tom Baker's face just oh, yeah. isn't that? A, and I love as well that he goes, oh, if you gotta sacrifice someone, have Kondo. He's worthless. <laughs> He's such a gear. He's horrible, but he's fantastic at the same time. Um, I don't understand what happens because, you know, he's he's going to be killed, Doctor. Sarah is in disguise and finds, luckily, some secretaires or something in the Doctor's pocket, releases him, and the both of them seem to get off of that pile without anybody seeing it. Which is, like, next to where they're all stood. Yeah, in my notes I've got, how did these two escape? Yeah. You know, um, Marin uses her uh, ring of power um, and uh, blinds Sarah. Yes. Um, which is, uh, you know, comes to be a major plot point. But it's all, it's all handled really nicely. It's like, it's, it's subtly done. Yeah. I do like it. Um, I do like as well that Kondo finally finds a backbone, doesn't he? Yeah. He turns on Solon because I think he's realised now that Solon doesn't give a damn about him. No, no. Um, we've got two adver- adversaries, we have, we? We've yes. got Morbius and Solon. The first mm. time we ever encounter Morbius, apart from that bust, is we hear him. Oh, a very angry yeah. Morbius. This this voice is um, was it Michael Spicer wasn't it? For, it who was, was yeah. Magnus Greal as well. Um, he, he's got a perfect voice for this. It's so good. Um, but yeah, we hear him shouting up, um, and it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. We're an episode and a half in before we hear any any sign of our main adversary. Up till now, we we just think Solon's the bad guy. Yeah. You know, it's it's again so well done. I do like that um, when when Solon's talking to Morbius and he goes, uh, Kondo's turned on me. Oh, I'll have to put him down. Like, Jesus Charmer. Christ. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's interrupted because the Doctor and Sarah have arrived because the Doctor yes. wants Solon's medical advice on her condition. Yep. And he reckons her retina's completely destroyed. She's yeah. totally blind. You need the elixir of life to heal Yeah, it. so Solon, he's so clever and he's so crafty in this because he... He immediately realizes, oh, here's my chance. Yeah. So he he knows that Sarah's uh, uh, eyes are just temporary blinded; it will, it will disappear. But yeah, he so he says her uh, retinas are burnt out, and there's only one thing that can cure it. But you're never going to get it. It's the elixir. Knowing full well the doctor's going to try and go back. And he and does. Get it. Yeah, very very crafty man. I love it. Yeah. And meanwhile, Sarah hears this yes. ah ah coming yeah. from Morbius and. Uh, Wants to help, even though she's blind. Yeah. And uh, yeah, episode two ends with um, old Morbius on the boil. There he is. He's yeah. a, a man with two brains, brain in a jar. And again, classic universal horror, isn't it? Yeah. Or, or Hammer, even a brain in a bubbling. And it's we're sort of blasé about it now, but this is strong stuff. Yeah. For you know a, a mid seventies, for all intents and purposes, children's program. And before everyone goes mad, I know by this point it wasn't a children's program, it was a family program. Mm. But it's very strong stuff for it. But yeah, episode episode two ends with, again, Sarah being menaced by something she's not looking at, she can't see in this case. No. You no. Know? It's like, ooh, poor Sarah. 
and episode three starts with mm. her being ordered out by Solon. Yes. But she overhears Morbius, you know, tearing yeah. Solon off a strip. And I think it's fantastic that they were pushing it at this point. I mean, um, you, you know, the following year we've got Deadly Assassin where, yeah. you know, that's where the White House Brigade steps in. But here you've got a brain in a jar that talks and it talks because his vocal cords yeah, are strung up on a little yeah. frame. <laughs> that's brilliant, Matt. And, and they're manipulating it. Yeah, absolutely morbid, but really good. I do question, how does Sarah know there's a door handle in the middle of the door that locks it? Yeah. She can't see. She's never seen this. Oh, well, later on where yeah. she manages to blindly go outside and walk yeah. across the landscape yeah. in the right direction, that's pushing it a bit. Yeah, that is, it doesn't we'll matter. Suspend, yeah, we'll suspend that disbelief. I love the line. I I, I didn't write it back down, but it, it's to the effect of Morbius mid-rant goes on about, I, Morbius, am in a condition uh, oh, where yeah. I envy a vegetable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He goes, uh, what is it? A, um, a, a sea anemone would have a better life than me. Yeah. It is a horrible thought, though, isn't it? It's like, because, again, it's... Um, it's a, it's a basic philosophical conundrum is that we can't prove that we're not just brains in vats and everything we see is is made up um and this is very much like that which terence dicks would have you know known about and appreciated but it is a horrible it would a horrible thought of his life isn't it he's he's got no feelings no body and he's been there now for years and the only people he's got to talk to are morbius and condo it's sort of that's Blackadder level yeah. horrible life, isn't it? It's wow. No wonder he's gone mad. Yeah. Somewhere in there, I wrote it down. I, I'm not yeah. sure where, but somewhere in there, Solon says about how it's his crowning glory. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, I couldn't resist the pun. And it, but again, he even says that deadpan, doesn't he? Yeah. It's yeah. it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, the um. I also love the next scene as well when the doctor goes back. So it, more, uh, Solon has sent Kondo somehow to get to the sisterhood faster than the doctor with a note. And I love the fact he stops to seal it yeah. when he's writing it. He stops to seal the note with a wax seal. Um, basically saying the doctor's come in. Uh, it's your chance to kill him. Please give, keep the head for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's bizarre. And they, uh, they trap the doctor with the world's tiniest net. Yeah, it's it's like uh, you, I can imagine when when they uh, order the props, they probably said to the set dresser, "Okay, um, we need a massive net," and all they've got in BBC stock is this little fishing net. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Um, and then we get a lot of exposition, which is really again really well done, where they're talking about the trial of Morbius and yes. Marin was there, and this massive this massive battle took place on. Uh, Khan, which used to be a tropical, you know, luxurious planet, and this this battle has destroyed it. Um, yes, it's such. Just with a few words, the whole world is built. Yeah. Very yeah. clever. Yeah. Um, I and the the doctor, they sort of they're, they're going into the history of the sisterhood, and they they use this elixir uh, to keep them. Immortal, which again is a is an idea stolen from June. It's the spice, mm. you know. Um, and it, it comes to his friend, and I love when the doctor says, "Can I see the Can I see the flame?" And he's so dismissive of it, isn't he? It's brilliant. Mm. It's like, 
Oh, this is just just the flame heat in the rock, which is uh, oozing out this natural stuff. It's not a miracle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. That's very good. What also is good is we go back to the castle and yeah. Morbius decides the Time Lords are after him. And he says, I have to get out of this tank. Yes. Use the brain case. Now, the brain case <laughs> is a goldfish bowl and two hearing trumpets by the yes. end of it. Yeah. You know? It's just another tank, isn't it? It's another it's like, tank. i got to get out of this clear tank and go into another clear tank. I do like that um, Solon's argument is um, uh, you'll, you'll be a laughingstock. No one will take you seriously with a, a fishbowl on your head. Um, and Morbius like, I, I can't for one moment more remain here. And uh, yeah, he's it, like, anything's better. And it's like, you, you say that now. I love Solon. He's just, but he doesn't want he wants the operation to be perfect, doesn't he? He doesn't want to put the brain in a, you know, a, a fish tank because he wants to do the final amazing bit of surgery and yeah. and pop pop his brain into a proper head. Yeah, I mean, it's really weird. I mean, you know, yeah, if he is like that, I mean, the the, the procedure to do it. I mean, he says, you know, Morbius says, "Prepare me for the operation," which involves taking the bung out of the tank. Yeah, so all I that stuff that. just. Yeah just falls out onto the floor yeah wouldn't you i wouldn't you prepare where you're taking him first yes because the more later on solon's going we need to be quick he can't stay out of it well you shouldn't have unbunged him none of that looks very sterile does it no not you know? at all no i got a feeling that even if this has all succeeded um morbius would have died of uh, blood poisoning yeah <laughs> probably a week yeah. later um yeah it's uh this is where I, I can sort of paper over the, the, the sort of central problem with this, which is why would, why would he not just use Doctor's body? Because Philip Maddock is so proud of this abominable creature he's created, isn't yeah. he? So I think he, even if, even if the Doctor's body, where's the surgical skill in just popping a brain in another body? He yeah. wants this body. He. he He's so proud of the work he's done. Yeah. Um, which is like, not entirely sure why. No. Unfortunately, one bit of that body is Kondo's arm, and he recognises it, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like, that's my arm. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I like, because he's already, he's already got a bit of a beef with Solon, hasn't he? Because it's like, you were going to sacrifice me. And then Solon's talking about, he goes, like, my last great operation. And he's like, not last. Put my arm on last. Yeah. Any third-rate hack can sew an arm on. What are you on about? Uh, but yeah, and I think this is where where Kondo realizes he's been strung along, hasn't he? Yeah. By so long. And it is strong stuff now because mm. you know you get quite a uh, a bloody shot when Solon shoots Kondo. Yeah. You have proper a blood squib going off. We've got a brain on the floor, yeah. and then Kolon gets shot. Two more times, Kondo. Yeah. Kondo, sorry. Kondo, yeah. I've, um, I've in my notes at this point, I've put very strong stuff. Yeah, I, and I think I'm, I'm sure in one of the making ofs or the, the commentary, I think Philip Hinchcliffe says he wouldn't allow that, or he would, he would. No, have it was Christopher it Barry says. Christopher I, Barry was it? We yeah. pushed it too far. I wish I yeah. we hadn't done that. Yeah. Good, but it's a great, a great thing. I love. Um, I love uh, Solon's little gun as well. Mm. 
we, we, I think we said in Blade Runner, we love guns that make that cannon sound. Yeah. And this is, oh, it's great. And yeah, it, we, you never really see Doctor Who using blood like this. No, 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 um, no. Very, very, very good. Um, I do like that as well, Sarah, so Sarah's still blind, but uh, Solon puts her onto pumping duty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> every every yeah. three seconds. Yeah, and which she immediately gets wrong. Yeah. I counted it. Mm, I didn't wait three <laughs> seconds. Um, but again, uh, episode three is going to end, and it's Sarah stumbling across something. She, her eyesight starts to come back. She turns round, and there's the body again. Yeah. You know? It's brilliant timing. Episode That's four great. starts with her going, I can see again. Turns yeah. around, what does she yeah. see for the first time? Yeah, little Stuart Fell. That's who she sees. Doesn't he look big? It's really strange. Yeah. Stuart Fell is a little guy. Tiny I, I don't know if he's got, you know, platforms <coughs> on for this. I think he must have. Or his head finishes really early in that body. But it doesn't look like his arms are coming out the side or anything. No, no. You know, like the, in Headhunter on Blake 7. Um, yeah, really good. Uh, unfortunately, you know, well, we, wa we want to be uh, fair Watson all here. He's not the greatest physical actor. No. When he's moving about, there's very, very much the, we often say it, the, the extra in a costume. He's better than that normally is, but there's still moments where it's like, He's acting with his hand. Yeah, when, when hand yeah, when yes. Morbius is talking, and yeah. he's pantomiming it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, bless him. But he, he's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a good performance, I think. In, yeah, in it's episode. all right when he has that wobbly yeah. when he sees himself yes. in the mirror. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, um, it's the subtle stuff, isn't it? It's like, I, I can't remember what, which actor said it, but it's it's what you do with your hands. That's why actors like keep him busy with stuff because what do you do with an empty hand and yeah. I think this shows it's like he doesn't know what to do with that hand or the claw or the claw yeah yeah so yeah uh, Solon tries talking him down but that doesn't work yeah. so off he goes he knocks out the doctor in yeah. quick succession Sarah falls down the stairs and uh, and Kondo Kondo is killed by this hilarious um, you know right leg up in the air for some reason yeah. the actor decides to stick right his leg right up in the air that sort of um that smacks of something tom baker probably suggested to him doesn't it yeah. when you die stick your leg in the air like it's almost like the dying fly type thing isn't it yeah you know a very monty python sort of thing yeah. um but yeah i also love um that uh uh dr solon has got an air rifle ready yeah. What's the, what was he using that for? I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. I love the line when, when the doctor's asked, where is he, i.e. Morbius? Yeah. He goes, gone for a lurch. Yeah. He goes, and he yeah, has, he's wandered off into yeah. the landscape. There's In a the sister. Who, who, yeah, there's a sister who just stands there yeah. and lets him come up and throttle her. I think she can't believe what she's seeing. Mm. Isn't that Stuart Fell? <laughs> What's he doing with his hand? <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, very. This sequence especially is very uh, 1931 Frankenstein. You remember at the end where um, Frankenstein goes trying to find the monster, and he's in that very unconvincing little hill with a yeah. backdrop behind it. And this so reminds me of that. Um, Maybe but it's we do, yeah, we do see they they track it down and um, it attacks the doctor and. Uh, 
Solon uses his air gun, which thankfully knocks it out. But then Tom Baker picks the Stuart fell up, yeah. which is amazing. So like he was a strong man. But then the way he's carrying him, you can see straight up the hole in the crotch. <laughs> it's like, oh, he could have covered that up. Yeah, we get to see uh, um, Stuart Fell's crotch area in detail. Yes. And the doctor wants the brain de detached. Take that yes. brain out. I'm going to take it back to the Time Lords, he says. Yes. Again, very, very much like um, Dr. Voldman in... 1931 Frankenstein where he says that body's got to be dissected mm. take it apart as you put it together and the doctor's very much in that mould here yeah he wants the brain he's not going to leave he doesn't trust Solon to leave it with him does he which you know yeah but don't, don't blame him if you, if you don't trust Solon stay there he says yes, I'll give you five yeah. minutes stay there and watch him do it the, that's a clunky bit I think because yeah. the, doc, the doctor goes off to his own but why would he do it why why would he trust this guy that's at every step has betrayed him and shown that he can't be trusted? And he goes, yeah, I'll turn my back for five minutes. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Well, Solon does it. He, yes. he does the surgery, but then he's gassed because the doctor's been doing a bit of chemistry next door, hasn't he? Yeah, so the, the Solon locks the doctor and Sarah in the basement um, and the doctor... Which, again, is quite a nasty idea. He realises he can make... The only thing he can do is make uh, cyanide gas. Which, again, I can just imagine um, Mary Whitehouse rubbing her little hands in glee at this. Mm -hmm. um, and he kills, in quite a nasty sort of death, really, he kills uh, Solon. Yeah, um, the Doctor kills Solon. Yeah, which is it's quite rare, isn't it? The Doctor killing his adversary like that. Flat-out murdering. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's quite 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 strong I do like when when he's uh, making the, the cyanide gas he's like um, stand back Sarah don't breathe it in <laughs> yeah do you think but the thing is it, he kills Solon he doesn't know that Morbius has now got the, the lungs of a whatever yeah so something binotrope yeah so yeah. if Morbius had died as well they're still stuck in that basement yeah and they're going to starve to death I suppose the doctor's alright he'll just keep regenerating yeah I suppose Poor Sarah. Yeah, who uh, was the anticipation that the sisterhood would eventually uh, come and, and get oh, back? Maybe. One, one thing I like as well, the Sarah, Sarah goes, sorry, screwdriver, and he goes, it's in the TARDIS. Yeah. That's how you write it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. I love the fact that uh, Morbius somehow can sniff the yeah. cyanide. He hasn't cyanide. got a nose. How is yeah, he sniffing this? Well, I mean, we don't know that those... those um, trumpets on his head and not some oh, sort they of might be nostrils. sensor. Yeah, it could be. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do like this. So he he goes to find uh, the doctor um, and we get some again, some wonderful sort of lines where the doctor and Sarah are just mocking him. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, the chop, chop suey, suey line that I, I didn't know yeah. from last time. Tom, Tom's loving it, isn't it? And he and he, at first you think, oh, is he being silly? And it's not. He's trying to goad him because he thinks his brain might overheat again. Yeah. Um, so he's trying to goad him. And then when he notices the uh, Time Lord wrestling thing, that's handy, that's there. <laughs> isn't it? I don't know what, again, what was Solon doing, you know, with that? When I mean, what was Morbius doing? Did he go, well, I'm going to escape from the Time Lords. I'll take this. Yeah. 
I'll, t- I'll take my Xbox 360. Yeah. Um, but the Doctor's brilliant because when, when Morbius agrees, he's like, I'm a first-rate Time Lord, what are you? And the Doctor's like, I'm nothing. And he, he agrees to it and he goes, there's a sporting gentleman. Brilliant. Yeah. And it. yeah, and the next thing is the thing that has launched thousands of yes, fan yeah. theories about how you can have eight more doctors before the first doctor. Yeah, and I think we. This is yeah. I I remember this was. This was sort of a bone of contention in fandom <coughs> in the eighties, and to the point where people were disowning this story because they said it broke canon and things like that. Um, I think the, this. This definitely was meant to be early versions of the Doctor. So I've seen people go, oh, it's not the Doctor, it's Morbius. Mm-mm. And it shows the Doctor's winning. But it's filmed as if it's the Doctor. And he, Morbius says, how long have you lived, Doctor? Yeah. How many versions of you? How many lives have you lived? It's meant to be the Doctor. And this is just this is just Robert Holmes and Philip Hinchcliffe having a, having a bit of a push of the it's boundaries. It's just a bit of fancy. Yeah. That's all it yeah. is. And, of course, this is before it was um, established that there's only 13 yeah, generations. Yeah, well before, well before. And, um, but, but, unfortunately, the consequence of this is Mr. Gibbers, yeah. when, he, when he was running the show, he, he said, used this as a, uh, to, say, <laughs> to justify that the Doctors actually had billions of regenerations and there's no limit to it. And it's like, mm, which I, I hope they completely ignore. Yeah. In the next Just drop lot. it now. Just drop it. Yeah. Just say, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. It wasn't the case. The master was lying to me. Because it, it does, I think it does cheapen things. And it's been said multiple times in the show that the Hartnell Doctor was the first Doctor. Yes. You know, and this thing where, oh, it's because he didn't go by the name Doctor, so technically, no, piss off. bollocks, just go away. Yeah. Just accept it. This is a throwaway joke. When... It's a throwaway chance for the producer to get on tally. It's just a bit of fancy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when William Hartnell regenerates, that's the first time the Doctor's ever regenerated. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Troughton doesn't go, oh, this again. Phew. He's, he's as bamboozled as everyone by it. Yeah, yeah it it just doesn't need it. No. Hang on, um, we're turning into grumpy. We are. Oh no, it's it's it's, it's dawn us. But only because we uh, we've been contaminated again by New Who. Yeah. Let's go back to. So yeah. So uh, the Doctor and Morbius have a bit of a brain wrestle. Morbius's head goes pop pop, um, which I love. I love that the smoke just starts pouring out of this brain case. <laughs> Poor old Stuart Fell. I hope he had some sort of air hose, you know, to breathe through. Uh, but yeah, Morbius goes off back up into the mountains to try and get away because he's not thinking. Yeah, um, this is true yeah. Frankenstein now. Yeah, hundred you, percent. Yeah. You've got a village mob with uh, flaming torches. Yeah, yeah, and they they drive him off and then off of a cliff. We oh, I love one, it. I love yeah. the way Stuart Fell bounces bounces back up into frame. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. At the bottom of the picture, he comes back up again it reminds me of in robocop where he throws the uh, mare out of the window and uh, you see him bounce and then appear back up into <laughs> shot oh. okay um but yeah the, the sisterhood kill the morbius creature um and he falls in a very unconvincing sort of process shot um i don't think that's fooling anyone um but in the meantime sarah thinks the doctor's dead or dying 
I do like that when he comes around, he goes, you thought I was dead again, didn't you? Keep doing that. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and again, he comes out, They Marin decides that a little bit of the elixir has been formed. She needs it, but she decides to give it to the doctor, which cures him. Um, and then somehow she merges with the flame. She becomes one with the flame. Yeah. But I'm not entirely sure how she fitted in that tiny little plywood cupboard mm. that the, the flame is in. Um, the doctor wakes up, he's okay. Um, and that's it, it's like, uh, let's go. He gives he gives Ohiko a couple of uh, uh, fireworks. Um, and uh, she says, what's this arcane writing on it? And he says, light the blue touch paper. And stand well back, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, we get an explosion for the TARDIS, which again, I've seen whole articles about why that's ruined it. Why does it take off like that? It's like, he was just talking about fireworks. It's a yeah. joke. Yeah, that's Christopher yeah. Barry uh, yeah. wanted that because it's funny. You know, it's, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when Doctor Who used to be, stuff was just done because it suited the story and it was good. Yeah. You didn't worry about canon and that this contradicts a story from 18 years ago or... Uh, but and thus ends uh, a story that I, I I think you did that I certainly did absolutely loved watching. Oh uh, yeah, it was great to come back to it. Joy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a very happy uh, four episodes to watch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I I normally try and watch like you. I try and watch split it up, watch an episode a day. I just I watch the first episodes like stuff it, I'm watching the rest. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mark of a good one. All right, before we get into behind the scenes, I've got to uh, pop to the little boy's room. Okay, is it just too exciting a serial for me? I know, I can't take it. Uh, I'll be back in a sec. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. I like that you were humming and singing as you came back from the toilet. (laughs) I'm in a happy mood. Yeah, no, it's good. Brain Amorbius. Normally all you can hear is our teeth grinding. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuming. We're usually fuming. All right, so, <clears throat> behind the scenes. Right. I've only got one quote today, and oh. it is from, hang on, Andy Lazell. Okay. He's a special effects bod for the BBC. Oh, okay. yep. uh, worked on um, uh, Doctor Who, went on to work on Blake 7. So, here we go. Um, he, he says, on this story I worked for John Horton. Steve Bauman was his main assistant, with John Brace and I assisting the two of them. We had to construct all the equipment which kept the brain alive in a circular tank. Steve cast the brain up from transparent silicon, the type you put around the rim of your bath to make it watertight. It was new on the market back then, and it took ages to build up layers of this clear silicon by sponging it into a mould. The reason he made the brain in clear silicon rather than latex was that it had to be illuminated from the inside. I got allocated to make up all the sound to light electronics on Morbius's life support system so that the brain would light up, the water tank would bubble and the equipment would vibrate whenever the actor playing Morbius spoke. That was great fun. Stuart Fell wore the patchwork monster costume with a huge claw. I remember that because we had to set him on fire at one point. Well, that's interesting. So that I'm presuming then I didn't really think about it, but presumably Michael Spice was on set then talking. I guess so. That that could explain why it's the the repartee between him and Solon is so good. Yeah. Because they could 
two good actors bouncing off each other. Yeah. All right, so that's the only behind the scenes I've got. Yeah. Um, so we get to vote on the two fellas. Yeah. Let's do Solon first, if you don't mind. Okay. All right, so Solon, his design. I like his weird baggy Neary suit again. Mm. We, talk, we, we were talking about Neary suits last time, weren't we? I can't remember what we were talking about. but Faceless yeah, uh, ones. Faceless ones, that was it. Um so yeah, the um, I like his suit. I like the fact that his trousers are so baggy. When he turns sideways, they're almost like Oxford bags. They're just massive. Mm. Um, I like his look. Again, like I said, very Simmons. But he doesn't immediately give off an air of evilness like Simmons did. No. You want to like him, don't you? You want to like this character. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like his look. I think I'm going to give him a eight and a half for... Eight and a half. Okay, I gave him an eight. Yeah. So that's eight point two five. All right. And how effective is Solon? Uh one hundred <laughs> no, and fifty percent. Uh, this is a ten out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. All down the way for me. Absolutely. He is great. Agreed. Philip Maddock is superb. I mean, he's a great actor anyway. He's been in so many wonderful moments of TV. Um, and this this should have. I, I hope he was proud of this. Um, but yeah, it, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful performance. It's pitch perfect. Not one line is wrong. Not one action. Not one performance. It's it's the best of the best. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I will join you in that ten, and that gives him uh, a average of nine point one two five. So we'll call that nine point one. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then on to the main guy, the big guy. Well, little guy in a big suit. Yes. Uh, Morbius, then. The design of Morbius. So are we, are we conglomerating his body, sort of final version, and his head, brain, wobbly vocal cord together? Yeah, or, yeah. And the bust so, yeah. as well. And the bust. So design-wise, so let's go. The bust is good bust, good face. Don't know who it was based on, but he's got great cheekbones. Uh, I like the bust. Uh, the brain... In a jar with the wobbly vocal cords, great classic, wonderful design. Um, the 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 creature itself, um, I I love it, but I can see where it has pitfalls, as far as it's a big old rubber suit with an open crotch, um, with a, a goldfish bowl on the top. So, if the body if the body was good as well, I think it would get. Possibly a perfect ten all the way, but I'm going to give it a, a nine for design. A nine, I give it. And a that's 10. all of them, yeah. Your ten. I, mm. Do you know what? Stuff it. I'm going to join you on that. Give 10. it a ten. Give yeah, it a ten. I'm going to join you on that ten. I love. love I can put up with a gaping aspect. crotch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, it, it's it, it, it's just barkingly mad the monster yes. suit yeah. design, but I love it. Still, it still exists, doesn't it? Because I remember yeah. seeing it at. at I can't remember if it was Longley, or it might have been the Cardiff exhibition, but I remember seeing it and thinking, wow, that's really survived well. Yeah, I've got the Eagle Moss figure and repainted it. And Yeah, I've got him kicking about. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I painted it. The paint job was awful on it. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to make the costume. I'd love to cosplay yeah. it as much. That would be a good one, that, yeah, to cosplay at a convention. It'd be bloody hot, though. Yeah. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. But that would be great. Could you yeah. do the voice thing? No, you'd have to have a sound chip. Yeah. 
that you can activate somehow, you know? Yeah. All right, so that's a 10 for yeah. design. How effective is he? Um, this is, yeah, so, I mean, we can't really, the, 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 the statue is effective, I suppose. It's a, yeah. it's a bust. Um, the brain in the jar, I love it. It's just great. The voice is great. It's scary as hell. It's so well done. And the creature, I think, is great. So, again, I'm going to give 10 again. I was going to go 9.5 because there's a bit of hamminess from Stuart Phil, but no, it, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I think, yeah, he, his one hand can't act, I think, is what we're saying. <laughs> well, but, I'll forgive yeah. that. So that's a 10. Okay. All right. So, yeah, it, it, it's an outright 10 for Morbius. Brilliant. All right. So that means Solon goes into Caravan 9.1. Just looking down my list. And there is no caravan oh, 9.1. Right. Oh. He, he's going to be a bitter man oh. in a caravan. He's got no one to make him see now either. No. The nearest caravan to him is 9, where we've got Orsini, Tobias Vaughan, and the death to the Daleks, Dalek. Can you imagine a scene with Orsini, Tobias Vaughan, and <laughs> so on? In? That would be just... You'd just sit back and marvel, wouldn't you? You would. You would. Three thesps at their yeah. best. Okay, and then, yeah, Morbius goes into the top caravan. Yeah, I don't right. think we've got that many tens, have we? We have one, two, three people in there already. Wow. So he is the fourth. In there, we have, and what a classy caravan this is. We've got Morbius. We've got Santaran Lynx. Classic. We've got the Cyber Leader from Revenge of the Cybermen. Love it. And we've got Lord Islia. The Ice Warrior. Wow, isn't it strange? That, so from basically a three-year period, all our tens yeah. have come... They're all Tom yeah. adversaries. Which, which is weird. Uh, well, Islia was... Uh, Lynx and Islia were um, John Pertry, weren't they? But it's, no, of it's, course, yeah, yeah. sorry. Like, but it's weird that this is, this is our formative years for Doctor Who, isn't it? This was yeah. when we were... Of an age, so it's not surprising that these are here. We were but, very lucky yeah. to oh, God, have yeah. these stories during to our to live through the years. yeah to live through the golden age at just the right age to appreciate it. Yeah, um, I'm thankful that we did because by God we got some good stuff. Yeah, kids now in their formative years they're getting new who. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, think it's going to go in the same way. I, uh, I mean, it might. I don't know. There might be in. In 40 years' time, there might be a couple of, you know, J.D. Whittaker fans that are talking about the uh, those um, bits of blanket that were attacking people, mm. you know, the, 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 the bandage wraps. But I, I sort of don't think they will. No, no. Right, before we go, this is a question I haven't asked you for a very long time. Oh, right. I had to scroll a long way down on our Facebook page yeah. to actually find it. And and that was, yeah, July 19th, so right. oh, yeah, about this time, 2021. Wow. Was that the last time we had a story that was good enough? To Two years ago, yeah. I asked you, is this in your top ten? Wow. What was the, what story was that? Um, not sure, but I've got your top ten here. Yeah, if you if you could, I'll read from ten yeah. upwards. Yes, and you tell me where I insert it. Okay. Where you stick it? Because it's a it's a. I mean, we've both taken it for granted that this will be in our top ten. I suppose. Yes. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> the listener would know that. I didn't that. really like it. To would be you, fair. listener? <laughs> yeah. It was shit. It was um, shit. Right. Really? So from ten upwards, you yes, go okay. at ten. The Crotons. Yep. More and nine, the Curse of Peladon. Yep. Eight, the Web of Fear. Seven, yep. the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Stop me keep when. Going. when yeah, keep going. Keep when going. you get there. Six, Planet of Fear. Yeah, five, ahead, Tomb of the Cybermen. Oh, okay, keep going. Four, Inferno. Oh, God, I do love Inferno. What's above Inferno? Three, the Keys of Marinus. What's above Keys of Marinus? Two, Pyramids of Mars. Oh, now we're hitting there. <laughs> and what's your number top, one is Horror of Fang Rock. Okay. I'm going to go... Do I like this more than Pyramids of Mars? I think I might. I'm going to put it in second. Second. Straight in at number two. All right. Poor old crow on goodbye. You've, yeah, you've bye-bye. Um, I've put it in at n- number two, but yeah. my order is different to you. Um, so your your top three goes Horror of Fang Rock, Brain of Morbius, Pyramids of Mars, right? Yeah. Mine goes Pyramids of Mars, Brain of Morbius, Robot. Oh, wow. Okay. But all from a very similar period again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. And I lose Evil of the Daleks. That's dropped oh. off my list now. Okay. Okay, wow. I mean, it's been a while, isn't it, since we've had a top ten and to two go years. straight in at number two. Yeah. Ooh. Good stuff. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for choosing it, Ian. No, I, I thought it was time we had a little pick-me-up. Yeah. Um, Keep us enthused. Will it continue next week? I, I don't know. Um, because next time, the fifth Doctor is a story I've never seen. Oh, okay. I've never seen it. I bought it on Amazon earlier on today, so it's going to be arriving. It's actually part of a box set with another story that I've never seen. So, oh, okay. a bit of an investment. Uh, a clue for you. Um, oh, this is a this is a crafty one. Will I be excited by it? Excited. Eggs. 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 What Will the hell? I be excited by it? This a is Peter Davison story with eggs. Yeah, this um, is a terrible clue. I do apologise. See, part of me thinks eggs, snakes come from eggs. Is it one of the Maras? But that would be a really weird connection. Um, it ain't that. Ain't that eggs? What have you not seen with eggs? Um, Another clue. I mean, if if um, if uh, Adric's in it, it probably laid an egg. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, give us another clue. Uh, For life of me, can't think of eggs. Types of eggs. This is a type of egg. Oh, type of egg. Uh, chicken egg, emu egg, ostrich egg, um, cackleberry. Um, Third clue. Go on, yeah. Confectionery egg. Chocolate egg. Confectionery egg. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to kick myself, but I can't think of any Davison one that's got a... Hang on, Kinder Egg! Yay! Kinder! <laughs> oh, right. I'm sorry, that's the best I can oh, do. God, I know nothing about this story, apart oh, right. from the fact it... I never watched it, because it had that bloody woman off of the liverbirds in it. Hughes in it. Now, this is interesting, because this is this and Snake Dance are both the same adversary. Oh, but really? Do we, do we watch them both and put them together, or do we just do Snake Dark next time? Because they don't 
They're the same advocacy, but it's not a continuing story. That's why both of them yeah. are that box set that I yeah, ordered that makes earlier. Sense, yeah. uh, I think if we just do Kinder then. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, this this is going to be fascinating because you haven't seen it before. No. Nope. It'll be interesting to see what you make of it. I haven't seen it for a while. Um, another studio-bound story. Oh, is it? Yeah, no location work. Um, it also has... I don't. I don't want to like put you off or anything. It's got like a guy from Blue Peter who can't act in it. Um, it it has got a heavy part for Adric. Oh no! But on the flip side, it's got some amazingly good things in it. it. So this, yeah, this is going to be interesting. It's it's generally thought of as classic. Um, I yeah. I I don't want. I don't want to say what I thought of it, but. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be a fascinating one. I know absolutely nothing really? about it apart from Neris Hughes is in it. Yeah. That's all I know. That might even surprise you as well. Yeah? Because she, she sort of can act. She's not on the Beryl Reed scale. No, 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 no. I think it was the same uh, the same thought process behind it from J&T. Let's cast light entertainment people in the hopes Which that I, I get... Which I hated, and, uh, you know? Yeah. But sometimes it paid off. And I, you know, I, yeah, I, this is interesting because I, I quite enjoyed her performance in this. I thought she played off very well with Peter Davison. Um, yeah, this, ah, oh, the good one, the good choice. Oh, thank we you. haven't got many left, have we? I don't think from. I think there's about Peter four yeah. left from Peter. So that, yeah, so rather than cram two in together, we'll treat them as separate stories. Right. I think okay. that's fair. Yeah. Okay. So, Kinder, will there be a lovely toy inside, or will there be a terrible cardboard <laughs> figure? <laughs> well, we'll find out in a week, we'll won't we? Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay then, Ian. Okay, nice listener. Week. We'll see you then. Then. Nice. Right. Thanks, then. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.